0: This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kauffman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom software for budgeting and planning by visiting KauffmanHall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, the official podcast of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission for this podcast is to ask chief business officers to reflect on their careers, share personal examples of the ways they have navigated challenging situations, and offer some lessons that they've learned from their experience as a CBO. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and it's my honor to be joined today by Robert Moore, Senior Vice President of Finance and Administration at Colorado College. Welcome, Robert. Good morning. Well, we're going to get right to the meat of the matter today, Robert. So would you just start off by telling us what issue you think will most impact the way colleges and universities conduct business in the next 10 years?
1: I think there's going to be significant change uh, in two ways. Uh, The economic model has to change. So many states are decreasing their support of public higher education. And taxpayers are finding out that tuition has to increase, but they want the cost to decrease. So there's a change in the economic model there. And in private higher education, fewer and fewer people are able or willing to pay what has traditionally been the model in private higher education. Institutions who are using significant merit aid to increase enrollments are having decline in net tuition revenue. That's not sustainable. So something has to change in the economic model, how we fund higher education. And students are changing what they expect out of higher education. It's changing in the classroom, whether that's at the graduate level, community college. It's also changing in the co-curricular. Higher education is faced with demands to help students in many ways outside of the classroom, whether that's in food security, whether that's in mental health assistance. Our economic model doesn't charge for those services. We tend to charge by credit hour. So we need to figure out how we're gonna continue to meet the needs and serve our students but at the same time have the revenue to provide it. So I think there's some interesting major changes coming in higher education. Indeed, new decade, new challenges. Correct.
0: So how do you think current CBOs can best prepare um, or even develop the next generation of higher education leadership, particularly when considering the growing desire to diversify
1: the field? So, So first of all, I think it's great that the field diversifies in many ways. It's just not an ethnic diversity, but it's mm-hmm. also a diversity in background, mm-hmm. previous experiences that people bring. I think we need to be open to including people who are new to higher education or people who've worked in other parts of higher education. And CBOs need to find the time and make the time to talk to these folks, to think through problems with them. I, I learn a lot when I go into someone's office and sit down and say, here's what I'm thinking about, let's talk about. It. What do you think? Sometimes I hear back a new idea, and sometimes as I'm trying to explain what I'm thinking about, it helps me change my thinking. So I think we have to be open not just to a standard meeting format, but to develop uh, ways of helping people help us think, but also help them think about the opportunities that are ahead of them if they care to stay in this profession.
0: Anything that you see as a particular challenge that gets in the way of diversifying the field
1: um I think um, there's a standard expectation of what the field is like. I think we haven't done a good job of saying to folks, this is not just uh, if you will an Uber accountant that we're looking for, someone who can add numbers quickly or can understand just the balance sheet. Uh, I think that puts some people off. I also think um We haven't always thought about what is the best way to generate candidates for positions as they come open. I think we need to very carefully try to expand the pool of people who apply for positions in middle management and upward.
0: So communicating what the role involves and then also kind of expanding your reach in terms of who you're considering as a talent pool. Uh,
1: Correct. And um, while there's a lot of challenges, there's a great opportunity to serve. And I think people are attracted to professional opportunities where they're providing values to other, and I think CBOs and the people who support us are all doing that. And we need to make that clear to folks when they think about working in this position.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point, Robert, because it's it seems that the generation that's upcoming, up and coming, really feels like that's important to have that kind of Uh, altruistic, underlying component to what they're doing professionally. So that's a great point. I think that's right. And I
1: think people who work in the business side of higher education can go home at night and think, today I did something that helped advance the opportunity to folks to learn and grow. And that's a pretty satisfying idea and concept to take home at night. I love it.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit, not only to existing CBO listeners, but to any listeners who might be considering a CBO role, as we were just talking about, as their next career move. What would you say the top three skills or attributes are most critical for CBOs in today's higher ed landscape and moving forward
1: into a new decade? So I think it's not just our profession, but number one would be people who enjoy the challenge of complex problem solving. I think that's a skill set that is in demand in many professions, but clearly in ours. While I think it's challenging, I think it's also stimulating to have this opportunity to try to think through when it's complex, when there's many facets to it, and you get to be a part of helping develop that solution. So people who enjoy a problem that's not straightforward, uh, that has many facets to it, I think that's important. I think you have to be creative. Um, I, we, we need people who say, well, I let me first learn how we've done it. And then let me think about, is there a different way to do it or a way to improve it? And it gives you an opportunity in the business field to bring your creative streak, if you will, to that. Um, and I also think you have to think critically. Um, it Data will help you, but but you also have to just step back and take the time to think through the issue in front of you and to be critical about the way that the organization has approached it, the way you might approach it, and to think about how can we do it better or differently. I think those are all stimulating um, skill sets. Um, I think it's not just CBOs who need it, but I think we, like many professions, need people who can come in and think in a different way and think critically.
0: Problem solving, creativity, and critical thinking are those things that are inherent skill sets that people just have, or they don't, or do you think those are things that people can learn along the way? And if so, how might they do that?
1: Well, I, I, yes, I think you can learn it. I, I and I think you have to be willing to take the risk of asking the the question that you don't know the answer to. And I think many of us think, "Oh, I'm not sure I want to ask that because I'm not sure what I'm going to learn." We have to welcome that opportunity. And you have to to step forward and say, help me learn more about this, or what does that mean? I think you also have to say, just because we've done it this way, doesn't mean that's how we need to continue doing anything. And oftentimes, organizations can do a better job of solving if more people are given the opportunity to at least listen and think about it and present their ideas. And You've got to be open as a leader to listening to others who have a different idea. And you probably learn from that. And the organization will be better served if more people can understand, first of all, what is the problem we're trying to solve and then how we went about trying to solve that problem.
0: There's a little bit of a vulnerability there in in being willing to kind of say, hey, I don't know the answer to this. Can you help me think it through? Um, And, you know, just being willing to say that you don't have all the answers.
1: Um, And I think some people think there's a risk there. But I think that's a reality of leadership. Mm-hmm. It, it would be wrong for any of us to assume that a leader can always answer every question by themselves.
0: Sounds like there's a, a lot of collaborat- collaborative thinking that happens uh, in your profession and in your role.
1: I think it's a fun side of the of the job to listen to others and learn and grow and to, to absorb different information and try to put the critical pieces together as you think through a problem.
0: So then, we should add listening to your uh, your list of the top things that a CBO needs.
1: I am often well served in a meeting if I listen first and speak later.
0: Indeed, indeed, we could probably all learn from that, Robert. That's a great lesson. Okay, so now the most uh, my favorite question to ask people. Speaking about being vulnerable and taking risks, thinking back on your time as a CBO, Robert, would you tell us about what you'd consider to be your most fabulous failure, or maybe
1: something you would have just done a little differently and what you learned from it? I'm, I'm not sure I can identify the most fabulous failure, but <laughs> um, generally, I, I think it relates to personnel issues. Mm. Um, uh, quite a few years ago, I promoted someone and I thought, oh, it's great to give somebody an opportunity to step up to the next level. But I didn't have a a rigorous interview process. I didn't sit down and say, why are you interested? What would you bring? What do you need to learn? It was simply a promotion. And Mm. I think that allowed the individual to understand the challenges of the new position. It didn't give them a chance uh, to think through, do they really want to do it? And it didn't give me an opportunity to explain to them what changes i wanted them to make in the position so um, it didn't work out well for that individual i think i could have helped them more had i had them interview if you will even though they were the sole finalist. i think um, taking time to describe the needs of the new position is really important to someone who's trying to step up in the organization and so while it was satisfying to promote somebody I don't think it was right either for the organization or the individual for me to have done.
0: That's interesting, though, because you would, you would think that that would be a natural decision to make, that you have a candidate that you're promoting internally, that you know their skill set and you feel like you'd, they'd be a good fit, so kind of skipping the more formal piece of it. So that's an interesting...
1: Right. And, and the more formal piece gives an opportunity to both the candidate and, and the hiring to, to discuss the position and what is different. the position they were in. And I think that's the step I missed by not following through and and doing, if you will, a more formal interview for the position.
0: Excellent. Anything else you'd like to share today, Robert, that I haven't asked you about your role as a CBO or things that you're weighing heavy on your mind in 2020?
1: As I think about being a CBO, and I've had had the opportunity to do that in three different organizations. Um, It's a challenging position, but it's a stimulating position. It's never the same, mm-hmm. and I I enjoy that part of it, and I think people who want to come to work and have different experiences and different challenges, higher education administration's a great place to be, and I think we should encourage folks to think about this as a profession.
0: Excellent, well, thank you so much, Robert, for sharing just a few of your insights and experience with our listeners today. You can find out more about Robert and today's episode by visiting the conferences and e-learning section then click Podcasts of nakubo.org. Make sure you also subscribe to CBO Speaks in Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Robert and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom software for budgeting and planning by visiting kauffmanhall.com forward slash higher education.